Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. I just adopted a new best friend, and I'm looking for a Toyota so we can make the most out of summer. With a new RAV4, you can take your pup for a drive up the coast. You can take a Prius to the park. Or you can take a Tundra to kayak at a remote lake. One problem, Jan. Oh? My new best friend's a cat. Your summer starts here, but it all ends June 3rd. Toyota, let's go places. Dealer inventory may vary, so your participating Toyota dealer for details. Visit your front-range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, BSN listeners, really excited to tell you guys about some game-changing coffee. StravaCraft Coffee, it's the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so make sure you check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, and has helped to decrease anxiety, you name it. CBD is also all-natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we cannot recommend it anymore to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. What's up? Welcome to the BSN Nuggets podcast, Friday edition of the show. Harrison Wind here on a Friday afternoon. Sun's shining. Glad you guys made it through the week. Can't wait for the weekend. It's going to be beautiful here in Denver. I don't know what's quite up with the 75 degrees, 80 degree highs, but it's going to be cloudy all day. That's not going to vibe well at the pool. So weather gods need to figure that out. But welcome into the show. We're presented by The Green Solution. As always today, you can visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. Reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. Use promo code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Here's what we got on today's show. Send you guys off to the weekend. Some good vibes here. Talk some finals. NBA finals obviously wrapped up Thursday night. The Raptors get the win. I'm sure most of you guys are excited about that. I feel like the entire country outside of San Francisco and I guess Oakland. Well, do we even think the people in San Francisco knew there was a NBA finals going on? Anyways, everybody outside of Oakland is probably rooting for the Toronto Raptors in that one. So they got the win. I feel good about it. I'm happy they won. I'm happy for the Raptors. I'm happy for Kawhi. I'm happy for Masai Ujiri. Just a lot of cool emotions coming out of that group after that win. So talk about that a little bit. Get to some news on the Nuggets front. Some coaching news that was reported a couple days ago. I forgot to get to, but I will address that. And then, as always, a few questions here. We got a first-time emailer from Australia, which actually reminds me there was a, a big point of debate coming off of Thursday's show. I got a bit of blowback on Twitter from my guy, Mitch. I think I said, and maybe I said this because Josh said this in his email, Josh from Sydney on the Thursday show, but he said that he was the furthest ever emailer or caller to the show. And my guy Mitch called me out on that and called him out on that because he had called in from Melbourne, which is further away from Denver than Sydney. So I want to set the record straight there. And I know Josh also said that Sydney is further away than Bangkok. Maybe it depends on where you are in each city. Not according to Google, though. According to Google. Bangkok, 13,499 kilometers from Denver. Sydney, 13,398 kilometers from Denver. So I'm going with Google. If you have an exact measurement, let me know. But yes, Mitch from Melbourne, I believe, as, as long as one of you guys isn't listening out in like Kazakhstan, I think 
he is the furthest caller slash emailer to the show. But anyways, there's a bit of coaching news. Mike Singer of the Post reported that Nuggets assistant coaches Bob Weiss and Mark Price won't be returning next season. They simply won't have their contracts renewed. And, you know, I don't think this is like a huge deal or anything. This stuff happens. We've certainly seen this happen a lot here around the Nuggets over the last few years. Assistant coaches come and go. This happens all across the league. Guys are looking for better jobs. Guys are looking for better situations for their family, which I would maybe think that's the case with these two. But both were good additions to the staff. I don't think this is going to leave like a gaping hole in the staff by any means. I never got the impression that those guys were absolutely irreplaceable. So doesn't sound like Mark Price or Bob Weiss will be back next season. Mark Price, you do know that he worked really closely with Jared Vanderbilt, really from the time Denver drafted Vanderbilt in the second round last summer. He was really in the gym with him every day, working on his shot, working on his free throw, just working on his form. And, you know, looking at Vanderbilt's shot when he came out of the draft and when you saw him in the gym last summer and last fall, it's come a long way since then. And obviously, Vanderbilt deserves a lot of credit for that, but you probably got to give Mark Price some credit as well. So he'll be missing that capacity. And then Bob Weiss's just sage advice and uh, life lessons along the way is, is what I'll miss. Definitely some good conversations with that guy who has seen a thing or two in this league, that's for sure. So I'm sure Denver will fill those two spots, obviously before training camp, but there's always a lot of movement with assistant coaches in the league, so I wouldn't think this is anything to get up in arms about. And uh, like I said, I don't think losing these two guys is going to leave some gaping hole in the Nuggets coaching staff by any means. Let's talk NBA Finals. My guy Chris called in on the Total Beverage fan hotline, bringing some Warriors hate. I'm sure the rest of you will want to hear this, so I'll play his question, his comment, and we'll talk some NBA Finals. Here's what he had to say. Hey, Chris and Denver. Uh, pretty good uh, championship series last night. And um, I know this is a Nugget-centric show, but really, you know, any, anyone, any, any team in the NBA, it really couldn't have happened to a better group of people last night. Um, you got Steph Curry, the ultimate front runner. He's, you know, the, the biggest, badass, baddest man on the planet when he's up 15 points. He can hit every shot when he's down 10, down 12, and there's absolutely zero pressure. But when he's not screwed up, when he doesn't have clearly the better team, he shows you who he really is. He misses the last shot in Oracle, clanks the game-winning shot. You got Draymond Green, who's, you know, the, the baddest man alive, the the GOAT defender when he has Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Clay Thompson, but when he doesn't, he'll just clank open shot after open shot and show you who he really is. Uh, he, he he was on a 73-win team, somehow blew a 3-1 lead when he had two of the games at home, cried in the parking lot, called Kevin Durant to go get him. The first championship they won, they <laughs> they needed a, they needed LeBron James to be faced with Matthew Delvadova, and J.R. Smith is his two best players. They lost the next year when LeBron actually had a team with them. Needed to go get Kevin Durant to show who they really are. 
And because they're just complete and utter scumbags and their backs were against the wall this year, they risked the careers of Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant to, you know, pull some semblance out of this and try to get the three people. And now they're out for the year next year. And I can assure you there's something more to Kayvon Looney than what we're being told. To top it off, they're leaving Oakland, a city that supported them, a fan base that supported them, to go across the bay to San Francisco so that they could sell $2,000 tickets to some guy whose favorite player is Steph Thompson. It just really couldn't have happened to a better group of people. Their championship run was completely overrated. They even only won the second one, the first one with Kevin Durant because that piece of snake Zaza had to trip, had to trip Kawhi Leonard and change the course of NBA history. The second one they won, they, the Rockets are missing Chris Paul. Maybe the Rockets still lose with Chris Paul. But Chris Paul's one of the 35 or 40 best players of all time. And I'd at least like to see, I, I, I'd like to see it happen before I say that, you know, it's fate accompli that the Rockets lose that series. Anyway, that's it for me. Glad the Warriors are gone. What are your thoughts on this going forward? Keep up the great work and go Nuggets. Oh, Chris, thanks for the call. I'm sure a lot of listeners out there feel the same way. Here's what I'll say about Curry, though. All of a sudden, he's now won one championship without Kevin Durant. And I'm a Steph Curry guy, okay? I'm a Steph Curry guy. I, I appreciate his greatness a whole lot more than Chris, apparently. But he's won one championship without Kevin Durant, right? And the one championship he did win was when the Cavs were without Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. And it was pretty much just LeBron and like the 0506 version of the Cleveland Cavs, you know? So that's the thing Curry has going against him, kind of long term and his legacy argument. But I mean, make no mistake, I appreciate Steph Curry's greatness. I think he'll probably go down as one of the top 15, 20 players of all time. But now you look at Curry with his one championship without Durant, and I know he's got three total, but I think it's fair to ask, do they win those two without Durant? And you can't say yes, obviously, after what's happened here. And you look at the injuries, which you guys know, if you listen to Thursday's show, I had my eyebrows raised about, especially the Kevin Durant injury. That one still seems fishy to me, the Achilles. But you wonder when Golden State's going to get back to the mountaintop. It's not going to be next year. Durant's out for the whole year. Klay Thompson's probably not coming back till March. Are they really going to push Klay Thompson to come back for the end of the season for a playoff run when they really just got a ragtag group around Steph Curry, kind of like they did at the end of this series? That doesn't make a lot of sense. I bet you Klay Thompson misses the entire season. They don't have any cap room. What the heck are the Warriors going to look like next year? And I mean, I don't think Kevin Durant's coming back anyway. So you wonder, is this Steph Curry's last championship? I guess that's what I'm wondering. And I think it might be. You know, he's on the other side of 30. He's the best shooter of all time. So that skill's not going to fade overnight. But the soonest Golden State's going to be able to put another championship contender around him is in two seasons when he's... 33. Who knows what the league's going to look like then? Maybe the Nuggets will already have won a championship by then. I also think Draymond made a lot of losing plays in that game. I thought he played pretty terrible, to be honest. But, I mean, make no mistake, he's still probably the best defender of our generation, I'd say. I mean, most versatile 
he's kind of transformed how big men play defense in this league. And obviously the Warriors, with that death lineup, with the Hamptons 5 lineup, that's kind of changed how a lot of teams utilize small ball in this league as well. So you got to give him credit there. I'm glad you brought up them moving to San Francisco, though, Chris, because, man, this makes me depressed more than anything. This makes me feel bad for the people of Oakland that will maybe never get to go to a Warriors game again because that place will be so freaking expensive. The only way you're going to be able to get into a Warriors game at Chase Center, A, you've got to be a C-suite executive. B, you have to have secured at least $100 million in your seed round funding. That's it. Nobody else can come with the Chase Center. You either got to be a C-level executive or you got to have some blue chip company that wants to sign Kevin Durant to a promotional deal. That's it. Or Andre Iguodala. He probably knows about it by now. I don't know if you guys read Ramona Shelburne's wrap-up of Game 6. It was phenomenal, by the way. She had a lot of cool details about Clay Thompson going to the hospital. And before he underwent the MRI, he didn't know how the game ended. And he didn't find out the actual score and, and the result. The game finished while he was getting the MRI. So he comes out and he asks, did we win? And then he gets the news from his dad, Michael Thompson, the former Laker. And then he asks, is this going to impact my free agency? I felt so bad for Clay, And you guys know I never really feel bad for NBA players that much. You know, some personal stuff I, I do. But largely, I try to keep my emotions out of it. But I felt bad for Clay Thompson at that moment right there. I mean, he, here's a guy who's done everything right in his NBA career. He's taken pay cuts to stay with the Warriors. He's never complained about his shots. He's always been a good Samaritan. Now, for this to happen to him, one of the most durable guys on that roster, it's crazy. But Ramona also had a little tidbit in her wrap-up there, ESPN.com, where Steph Curry kind of went around afterwards, and obviously he's the longest tenured warrior. And so he would go around, and he knows all the security people there and all the people working behind the scenes. And he went up to a bunch of different people and just kind of said thanks and just exchange some stories maybe and some pictures and whatnot because, you know, I get this a little bit too when I go to Pepsi Center. Obviously, I've been only going there for a few seasons, but, you know, it's the same security people working at the same posts every single night. You know, it's the same guy in front of the locker room. It's the same guy checking your bag as you go in. It's the same guy giving you your credential if you're getting a credential every night. It's the same guy that's doing security right at the tunnel where the players come out. So you start to recognize faces. Eventually, you put names to faces. And Curry's obviously seen these same people there for the last, you know, however many years. So Ramona had a note in there how everybody who did security and that behind-the-scenes stuff at Oracle had the opportunity to transfer and work at Chase Center and pretty much I would guess do the same job at Chase Center their new arena next year but Ramona writes that many of them won't be working in the new arena in San Francisco next year even though the choice was given to all employees the new commute has proved prohibitive to many that made me a little sad that made me a little depressed I think it sucks they're moving from Oakland to San Francisco 
And I feel like the only people happy about it are Joe Lacob, Peter Gruber, and Mark Benioff, the CEO of Salesforce. <laughs> Those are the three people happy about the Warriors moving to San Francisco. Maybe Andre Iguodala. He's big in the VC game. I can't think that there are that many more people happy about it. Like, I don't think the people living in downtown San Francisco are super excited about the Warriors coming and how much, how much more packed that area is going to be for Warriors games. I don't think that's going to be exciting for people that already live and work in downtown San Francisco. The Warriors were great in Oakland. I know that's not how life works, and we see this in Denver all the time. You go where the money is, but just kind of a little sad, I thought. Anyways, thanks for the question, Chris. If you guys do have questions for the show, 1-800-BSNA-394. 1-800-BSNA-394. Also, hit me on my email, wind at bsndenver.com. Wind at bsndenver.com. I want to remind you guys, if you're not signed up for BSN Denver, right now is a great time to get in. Right now, you can get a one-year annual subscription to BSN Denver. And again, that gets you access to Nuggets, Rockies, Broncos, and Avalanche coverage for only $3.33 a month. We're also going to get a free t-shirt with that annual subscription from the BSN Denver Locker. Nugget shirts, Avalanche shirts, Rocky shirts, Bronco shirts on there. The whole town is still wearing that Philip Lindsay shirt that we put out last NFL season. It was almost a year ago. But anyway, you can get that free t-shirt. You can also read the content we've got up on the site right now. Friday afternoon here, I just put up a piece on Anthony Davis kind of outlining some pros and cons of why it would and why it wouldn't make sense for the Nuggets to trade for him. So you can read that. A lot of cool stuff coming out this weekend and next week as well. Also, download the BSN Denver mobile app on iTunes and on Android. Let's hit a break real quick. We'll be right back on the BSN Nuggets podcast. If you're living in Colorado and you are craving some good old Southern barbecue, be sure to give Moe's Original Barbecue a try. My favorite thing about Moe's Original Barbecue is we are a Southern soul food revival. We make everything from scratch daily. House-made smoked meats and customer service to the next level. That was Robbie Peoples, one of the managers over at Moe's Original Barbecue. And like he mentioned, they have incredible food, awesome customer service, and I think my favorite part is how cool the environment is in both of their locations. We have live music at Moe's at our south location, 3295 South Broadway, which is a full PA system, ticket sales. Uh, we have national bands, we have local bands. If you're a local band interested in playing, feel free to contact us at mosdenver.com. We would love to have you come down and play for a big old party at Mo's Original Barbecue. Not only do they have live music, but they also have a bowling alley and a dozen TVs with all of your favorite games on. They have two locations, one in downtown Denver off Broadway and 6th, and of course the other one that Robbie mentioned in Inglewood. I would recommend some Mo's to someone because we cater to all needs, a family-friendly atmosphere. We have Colorado beers on tap, all the games on the TVs. It will blow your mind with amazing barbecue. Welcome back. BSN Nuggets podcast on a Friday. Harrison Wind here, as always. Here's my final thought on the finals, and you could kind of tell this is where I was going earlier, but I think this is the end of this era for the Warriors for sure. I mean, obviously, if you can't tell right? It's not like they're going to be able to trade for Anthony Davis. At least I don't think. I don't think they can pull that off. <laughs> but I think this is pretty much it. 
in terms of just the dominant run that the Warriors had. And I'll say I enjoyed it. I enjoy greatness. I enjoy watching greatness, covering greatness, appreciating greatness. And I will say when I'm looking at my kids 20 years from now, I will get to say that I covered the league when the Golden State Warriors were at the height of their powers. And I think we'll look back at the Warriors as one of the greatest teams to ever play. And that's how we'll remember this four or five year run. At least that's how I will. I think that's how most of NBA history will remember this Warriors team. And I'll be proud to say that I got to cover the league when they were at the height of their powers. When Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green, four future Hall of Famers, were all on the floor at the same time, people are going to look at you when you say that like you have two heads, right? Like, what? How'd the league ever allow that? Yeah, there was like this crazy cap spike in 2016, and all these teams spent a shitload of stupid money, like the Portland Trailblazers, and then the Thunder were up 3-1 on the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals, and then somehow the Warriors won, and then Draymond Green called Kevin Durant from the parking lot, and somehow the Warriors had enough cap space, and yada, yada, yada. That's how it happened. But in all seriousness, I think looking back on it, I'm going to be really proud and happy that I was able to cover the league when they ran through the league like they did. Let's move on here. I want to get to a question now from another BSN Nuggets podcast listener from Australia. This one comes from Jeremy. He says, Jeremy here from Australia, insanely huge Nuggets fan and even moved to Denver for the season and bought season tickets back in 2012-2013. Wow. That was the last year before the Dark Ages. I'm glad that's the season you saw. I got to fly over and watch the boys in the first round this year. It was amazing to watch them in the playoffs again in person. So stoked on the bright future for our team. I don't have a Twitter, so writing you this email, I see you've already covered the KD stuff in one story, but after sadly seeing Clay tear his ACL today, super bummed for both these guys. I think they're great players. It is, of course, selfishly got me thinking that the West is pretty wide open next year, especially after seeing Toronto swing big for Kawhi and still maintain their immense depth throughout their entire roster. It is impressive how they did that. Have these warrior slash free agent injuries instantly changed Tim Connolly's mind on potentially standing pat for another summer and relying on internal growth and re-signing Sappy on a two-for-one, I assume that's Paul Millsap, to say $15 million a year? I think that'd be a fair price. And adding a veteran minimum point guard to back up Monte or a potential small forward could... TC now look at this as a win-now window for us with a few trade move signings and a bit of luck going our way next season. You never know. I've always wanted to be on the show. You and Christian did a great job together. You're my favorite Nuggets podcast. I'm laying in bed in the hospital after getting my tonsils out today, so thought it was a good time to finally write in. Thanks for your time and hard work. Maybe my business will advertise with you guys one day too. Ooh, maybe. We'll see about that. Thanks, Jeremy appreciate the email. Here's what I'll say about the injuries potentially changing Tim Connolly's mindset, changing the Nuggets mindset. You guys might not like my answer, but I don't think they do. If I just had to guess, you know, if I just had to speculate, like heading into the offseason, yeah, I definitely feel like the plan was to run it back. And even with these injuries, even with the Warriors looking like they're going to drop out of the picture, I don't know if that changes it, right? Like right now, as it currently stands, the Nuggets could 
enter next season as the favorites in the Western Conference. Correct? Correct. It's probably going to be them, or it's going to be the Rockets, or it's going to be maybe the Lakers if they do get Anthony Davis. The Rockets are an interesting one because there was all this talk earlier this summer about, oh, yeah, we're going to blow it up. Everybody's on the table, which to me was code for we really just want to trade Chris Paul, but we don't want to make him feel bad and like get really pissed at us. So we're going to say everybody's on the table, but wink, wink, come get Chris Paul. We really want to trade him. That's at least what that meant to me. But maybe the Rockets look at this thing and say, hey, maybe we just need to run it back and kind of have a similar mindset that I think the Nuggets have. But hey, maybe Denver could surprise us because your common line of thinking when there's an opening like this would probably be, all right, we need to make some sort of upgrade here. We got to. We got to make some sort of upgrade. And I've listed a few of the manageable upgrades I think they could make, you know, if it's a Covington, even if it's to get a guy like an Ariza, who I think to steal a term from everybody's favorite power forward, Draymond Green, I think he's a 16-game player. Those are the types of guys the Nuggets need to be targeting right now. And maybe this, maybe the Nuggets don't do anything drastic this summer, which I've said this once, I'll say it again, might not be the worst thing because there's a lot of teams with a lot of cap room this summer and there's only a certain amount of free agents. I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of teams handing out bad contracts this summer. So two things. Maybe Denver can get one of those guys who kind of slips through the cracks and has to sign like a one-year deal and then get back in the free agent pool next summer. Maybe they can go that route if it's like that B-level free agent or a guy that's in between the B and C free agents kind of in that happy zone where he kind of gets you know, left out of the big money, but he's not a minimum guy by any means and He's just kind of sitting out there. He takes a one-year, $12 million deal with the Nuggets or something like that. Or maybe Denver looks to improve their roster during the season. A lot of championship teams, their rosters at the end of the season and the finals look drastically different than they do at the beginning of the season. Look at Toronto. They got Marc Gasol at the trade deadline. Look at Milwaukee, all the additions they made. I mean, Philadelphia, Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, that team looked completely different. So these things happen to the top flight teams in the conference every year. They look to make their rosters better throughout the season. You can get guys out on the buyout market. You can work trades on the trade deadline. Stars want to come to you. Disgruntled stars want to come to you if you're a team in peak playoff positioning. I don't know if those stars knew Denver was for real last year, you know? And I don't even know if Denver was willing to make one of those big moves last year, but maybe they look to make that big midseason move this season. If they're sensing that they don't have that for the playoffs, they're sensing that things are going a little too like they were this season, maybe they look to make a big move at the trade deadline. I could see that happening as well, especially with the money that Denver might have to pay soon to some of those Sweet 16 rookie extensions that they could pay this summer. But if some of those linger into the springtime, into the trade deadline, you know, maybe that's when you look to move one of those for an upgrade, a big upgrade. Thanks for the question, Jeremy. And 
yeah, hit us up about that advertisement opportunity. I'm sure we'd love to talk. Anyways, let's hit another break. One more question from our guy, Ranchman, on the other side. We'll be right back. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have referred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast, as always, presented by The Green Solution. If you visit mygreensolution.com and use code BSN20, you can get 20% off your entire purchase. Harrison Wind here on a Friday. This next question comes from Evan in Castle Rock. Here's what he's got to say. Hello, Harrison. It's Evan, a.k.a. Ranchman from Castle Rock. Some post-championship comments. Congratulations to the Raptors. Still, I can't help thinking that if all the Warriors players were healthy, they would have won this series in five games. I agree. And that's a good point, Evan. I want to take a quick tangent here. You ask any executive throughout the league, really most coaches throughout the league, and you're like, oh my God, you guys have been so injured this year. How have you managed to overcome it? You know, How have you just managed to not get depressed by this rash of injuries that hit you guys? That's unreal. It's unprecedented. They'll simply tell you injuries are just part of the game and you can't get too high and you can't get too low and you can't get too hyped after a big win. You can't get too, too low after a big loss. Just got to stay really even keeled throughout the whole season and even the playoffs because injuries happen. And if we look at what's happened in the finals over the last couple of years, injuries have kind of told the story of the NBA over the last three, four seasons. So injuries are huge. And I would agree there, Evan. I think the Warriors win this series if healthy. Evan goes on to write, several people have said that Tim Conley will employ the roll-it-back strategy this offseason, me included. That strategy will lead to 50-something wins, but perhaps a decline in playoff positioning. Eh, maybe. I don't believe this team is likely to win a championship relying solely on growing organically in a healthy squad. People like to use the phrase not skipping steps. Okay, but some of those steps have to be focused on trades and free agent acquisitions. Tim Connolly needs to seize the moment now that the Western Conference is wide open following Thursday night. This is due to some terrible injuries and free agency attrition to the Warriors and the plateauing of the Rockets in part due to the decline of Chris Paul's game and a rather selfish style of offense. I like that. Two teams which might rise up are the Utah Jazz and the Los Angeles Clippers, both of which appear to be in an aggressive posture this offseason. Portland remains in salary cap hell. The Mavericks have a chance to make the playoffs. This team is now at a crossroads right now, today. That means that Mr. Connolly must take some bold steps in the first week of July, something he is not known for. 
It also means he can't overpay on salaries for players in the supporting cast role. The current Mason Plumlee contract must have been the result of a supernatural possession of his brain by some Hollywood scripted nemesis. There's no rational explanation for that sort of financial misstep. As Jeff Siegel of NBA Math pointed out on Wednesday, every year there are several backup centers who can do many of the same things that Plumlee does for one-third the cost, and they will make free throws and not lead the league in fouls for 48 minutes. I think his primary role in the playoffs was to help the opponent reach the bonus as quickly as possible. Nor can Tim Conley make a trade that doesn't include fair value or preferably better for his team. The 2017 draft problem arose from not doing the obvious, which was to simply pick OG Ananobi at number 14. That was their guy. Everyone knew it. Instead, the team miscalculated in thinking the Nuggets could acquire OG very late in the draft in return for their 14th pick and Trey Lyles. Instead, we end up with Tyler Lydon. He and Lyles have been non-factors or worse for the Nuggets. Oh, and the Nuggets once again made the Jazz stronger as a result. I would agree there, but I think we've got to stop talking about OG Ananobi like he's a surefire future all-star. I think we've got to pump the brakes on OG Ananobi as a first bout Hall of Famer. Let's just slow our roll there a little bit. Ranchman goes on to write, nor can Tim Connolly afford a repeat of the one-sided trade of Yusuf Nurkic in a number one draft pick for Mason Plumlee in a number two draft pick. Find me one national commenter who looks back at that trade and said Denver won that trade. It's a credit to Connolly's other moves and player development that they've been able to overcome such errors. So kudos to Mr. Connolly. Okay. In closing, Tim shouldn't trade for Anthony Davis, as I don't see that as leading to anything other than a one-year rental and won't lead to a championship. Every other trade should be discussed. I believe every player on the Nuggets, with the exception of Nicole Jokic, should be considered as a possible piece in a well-constructed trade. Every high-grade free agent should be considered, including KD and Clay Thompson. Rolling it back or relying on a minor move with the mid-level exception is not going to make the team a championship contender and will lead people to wonder if Tim Conley will ever be able to pull off the big trade signing he keeps alluding to. I'm hoping that Tim is ready to take the next step in his own development. I'm out. Okay, a couple things there. First, I don't want to talk about Yusef Nurkic anymore on this podcast, but Ranchman brought up the trade. The Yusef Nurkic in a first-round pick for Mason Plumley and a pick. Yusef Nurkic demanded a trade. He did not want to be here in Denver. They had to trade him. It was a situation that was nearing the point of combustion. Okay, I was in the locker room. I talked to Yusef Nurkic at practice the day he pretty much said that he wanted to be traded. You know, I was right there. I was standing two feet from him. It was a day or so after he had played in like his first game in quite a bit. Denver was playing some pretty physical centers, so it seemed like he could get some more playing time coming up. I asked him, how did it feel to get back out there? And he pretty much told me, terrible, I want to be traded. That's how it went down. So Denver had to move him. And from what I heard at the time, there wasn't a big trade market for Yusef Nurkic. There weren't a lot of teams out there who were chomping at the bit to get their hands on him for a fair price. So I actually think that the fact that Denver is able to get Mason Plumlee, who this might sound crazy to some of you guys, but is a starting caliber center in this league. I felt like they did very good in that trade when you really looked at the circumstances and whatnot. So I don't think you can say they lost that trade because they were in a tough position. I think they did fine there. The other thing I want to respond to here, 
Ranchman writes, every high-grade free agent should be considered, including KD and Clay Thompson. Why would you sign Kevin Durant if you're the Nuggets? I don't understand why. Like, I mean, if you're the Knicks and you want to sign Kevin Durant right now, yeah, you can sign him because you know you're probably not going to be good at anyway next season. So you can afford that. You can afford to sign him, tank another year, maybe try to get Kemba and plan for two years down the road. The Nuggets, like, they don't really have that opportunity. I don't think Kevin Durant wants to sign here and then rehab here for a year and then start playing again. I don't really see that. But Clay Thompson, yeah, I don't really see that with the amount of money it would take to sign him. The salary cap gymnastics Denver would have to open up a cap spot and then not even have him play next year. I don't think that'd be a good use of money, especially for a team that's trying to get to the Western Conference Finals and the NBA Finals next season. Here's the thing when it comes to Tim Conley making a big move. He will make a big move if it's in the best interest of the Nuggets. I don't think he's afraid to make the big move if it's the right move. He's made some pretty gutsy calls before. The Michael Porter Jr. pick at 14 overall. I think you could point to that one. I think if the right move is out there and he thinks it's the right move and the rest of the front office is behind it and it's a big move like a big trade or a big free agent signing, I think he'll push for it and I think he'll make it. And I think the Nuggets would go through with it, but he's not going to make a big move or a splashy signing just to make it. And that's what we know with this front office. They're not going to do stuff like that just to draw headlines. That's not the position they're in right now. So I think Nuggets fans should have confidence that if the right move comes along, if there's interest from a big-name free agent and Denver thinks it would be the right fit, they'll go ahead and make the secondary moves necessary to make that signing happen. But they're not going to make a move just to bring Jimmy Butler in because it's Jimmy Butler. No, they're not going to do that because that guy's a locker room cancer, you know? So they're not just going to make moves like that to make moves. But if it's the right move and they feel confident about it and they feel like it's going to set their team up for the next year or two years and it's going to keep making them a better team, they're going to push for it. So I think you can feel confident in that. They'll look to make a big move if it's the right move, but they're not just going to make some flashy move that a Lakers or a Knicks would make just to grab some headlines and make it. And I always challenge you guys when you ask, when's the big move coming? When's the big move coming? Give me an example of what you think it should be. Because I've run down the free agent list time and time again. Clay Thompson, he's staying in Golden State. Kevin Durant, he's taking a max with the Knicks or the Nets. Book it. Tobias Harris, I think he'd be interesting. Kawhi Leonard, I don't think he has any interest in Denver. Chris Middleton, I think he's staying with the Bucks. Jimmy Butler, I don't think Jimmy Butler should come anywhere near this Nuggets team. So you go down the list of free agents, and I'm just not sure which one A has interest, B has mutual interest with the Nuggets, and C would really make sense. So that's why I go back to what I was saying earlier. Maybe this big move comes during the season, which I, the more I think about, the more it seems like a pretty lucrative option. Thanks for the email, Ranchman, as always. Thanks for all your guys' emails, all your calls today fun show. That's all the time I got though. Hope you have a good weekend. 
probably will be back with an episode or two this weekend because we went pretty light this week. Talk to you guys then. The biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory, and then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wished I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have, have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out elixinol.com.